hello there welcome to another episode of tell me this powered by let's venture let's venture if you don't know is the platform that helps startups seek funding but we'll get to more about that later my name is krithar shrinivas and this is episode number 4 my guest today is a very interesting person mr saurab gupta who is the founder of a company called vernacular.ai now on my first conversation with saurab i had no idea what they did i couldn't understand too much of the science of behind artificial intelligence and voice ai but he made me listen to an audio sample that you know made me understand this concept a lot better so i'm going to play that sample for you guys too hello welcome to barbecue nation you can talk to me about your booking pricing and more please tell me what's your query yeah i want to book a table for four uh, for tomorrow at your park street branch all right for your four person booking at park street kolkata there is a booking available tomorrow at 2:30 pm would you like to book the table yes done you will receive a booking confirmation message for four people at park street kolkata tomorrow at 2:30 pm and just like that your table is booked and that is kind of what vernacular.ai does in a nutshell but in true tell me this podcast fashion i'm going to wind the clock back and get to where this all started now if you are anything like me you kind of feel like talking to a robot is a little annoying and i asked saurabh about this so you'll have to stick along till the end to find out but for now here is how this all started we started this company straight out of college uh, right so we come from very deep technology background uh, so we always had the confidence of building uh, you know whatever uh, out there is to build uh, but we didn't know what to do so we spent significant amount of time in uh, understanding opportunities in india uh, you know one of these days we visited uh, you know people were talking about a billion people coming online uh, after jio and everything so we visited a village near kanakpura and we met a farmer who told us he receives sms from banks in english uh, but he doesn't understand what it means so he has to travel to a branch uh, which is 10 15 kilometers away to get it translated in the process he loses okay. his daily wage that was a big uh, you know uh, moment for us where we realized that while people are talking about a billion people coming online the first problem is the language problem every digital interface today exists in english and we need to solve for that and then over time we realized you know these people are also not comfortable with text uh, or they they don't understand regional language keywords voice is going to be a very intuitive way for them to engage so that's how we sort of started building what we are building today well that's pretty interesting so then did you go out on a hunch of just was it planned that you're going out to look for an idea or was this just something that happened to you we knew the only way to understand what to build for them is to be near them Uh, right. so, so you wanted to go to the lowest common denominator. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we just wanted to spend right. time with the people. We didn't even know what we were doing. Uh, so we used to get a translator along with us because we none of us understood, uh, you know, their language. In retrospect, that itself should have been, uh, you know, big signal uh-huh. for us to build this. But uh, <laughs> right. we we just used to go there, spend time with them, chill out. Sometimes we used to eat with them, drink with them, uh, okay, go in nice. the morning, come back in the evening, that sort of thing. Right. Nice, nice. And uh, are all of you? You, I'm guessing. I was told that all of you are from the same uh, batch of college. Yeah. Which is IIT Roorkee, 2016. Yeah. Yeah. So were you? Were you guys people who did everything together in college? Were you friends like then, or was this just a business collaboration? Uh, business collaboration. Um, I would say so. We knew each other, uh, but most of us had worked together with each other. 
not like we were chilling out uh, in the hostel after you know work so it was me who decided in a way that you know i want to start up but i obviously want to start up with some other people i don't write code i at least need someone who writes code and at that point of time i we were in a final semester in college and i ended up talking to some 30 35 uh, people who wrote code you know the good coders okay. of uh, the campus and i talked to 30 35 right. those people talking to them about everyone was already placed everyone had job offers in their hand but i was trying to talk to them about you know their motivations do they want to start up etc and uh, uh, while i talked to most of the people i met akshay who was my cto and uh, i remember we met in you know one of the canteens in the hostel and uh, right. i asked him akshay what are your plans you know do you do you think you can start up you want to start up akshay was like yeah okay let's start up i mean he didn't even <laughs> you know take a minute to think or say that sort of like me get back to you he had a very you know lucrative job offer in his hand but i asked him and he was like you know let's start, let's do this and uh, yeah. i think that is the moment of time when i realized you know this is the guy that i want to build a business with who's who's not worried about making money and uh, right. you know not not worried about taking risks in life in general and uh, that has played out very well for us uh, in fact the first year we didn't have any money we were borrowing money from our parents uh, right oh, nice. and okay. uh, yeah so it's a typical yeah. garage story then it yeah it like is it is in a way so we we had a 2 bhk you know 1500 square feet flat in whitefield mm. in our first year yeah. year and a half and uh, at one point of time eight people were living in that 2 bhk 1500 square feet house <laughs> and uh, we only had we had two washrooms and everyone had to go to office yeah. the same time every day so there used to be oh, a right. queue outside uh, you know <laughs> to even brush our teeth uh, you know so th- those are the moments right you look back at those moments and you know uh, right. good fascinating times fascinating times but were you yeah. always inclined to be an iit per student were you were you one of those guys who said that i these are the things i wanted i want to go to an iit and i want to see where this goes be in the top no, of the i think my, my parents yeah. were those people Uh, who decided right. that their kids should be in IIT? Uh, right. I pretty much, I mean, I had to do what they asked me to do, um, right? So I, I mean, I went to IIT so that my parents uh, feel happy about it. And uh, <laughs> right. uh, but it worked out to your advantage. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, in retrospect, for sure, uh, I would not, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I mean. It, it was a good yeah, time. Yeah, I have this bone to pick with most people who went to IIT, where I asked them, and this is going to be like a format of the show, where uh, do you think that if you weren't in an IIT, or if you weren't in an established college as such as this one, or just not any other engineering or mm-hmm. college, would would your you you think that your track of your career would have been different? I, because uh, that I wanted to start up even before I went to college, and the motivation okay. for me was to you know go to IIT. I looked at Flipkart and Ola stories. I kind of knew people from IIT went out and built businesses, so that was the exciting thing for me. Uh, the only reason I went to you know I motivated myself to study was that I could start up after that. Uh, honestly, okay. I wanted to drop out in my third year. I don't talk about it very often. Mm-hmm. I wrote an email to my right. dad. Uh, I was going home for Diwali in my third year. I wrote an email to my dad of you know ten reasons why I want to drop out of college. Uh, so <laughs> nice. okay. I I studied metallurgy, right? It it's it doesn't help in uh, starting up in any way. Uh, you know, the only thing they teach you is how to build iron from iron ore. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and Correct. you know what is the composition of stainless steel and all those things. Very useless in today's uh, environment. Uh, <laughs> Digital so era. yeah and i wanted to drop out but my parents again didn't let me because they didn't believe that i could actually start up and do something uh, so they wanted me to have that college degree 
so that at least mm. uh, even if I fail, I'm you know I can go back and get a job somewhere. So I I would say that IIT name definitely helps when you're talking to people. But I would have pretty much done the same thing, uh, you know, uh, even if I was not in IIT. Now the question is, would I have been you know where I am, uh, you know, yeah. which is very hard to comment on. Yeah, which is hard to decipher back in time, like go back yeah. and figure out that. Yeah. I had the very similar story. I went to engineering, dropped out of engineering. Oh wow! I told my dad this as like I'm gonna drop out and do stand up. <laughs> and uh, he said, "Take a Carlo stand-up, but like, can you get also a get a degree?" So I went and got a degree in history and economics <laughs> and journalism. Like, I was like, "Which is any?" I haven't picked up my degree till today. I just want to take one of those photos where I'm presenting to my father <laughs> with him in a robe. I'm like, "Aap ke liye degree kya?" Very, very similar stories. Very similar. So when you started off, you were what three, four people? So At two. The idea stage of the. Yeah, so it was two of us, and then we had. The third one and the fourth one coming over hmm. the first six to nine months. What was the first process like when you started this? Uh, when you when you found out that you want to work on uh, creating this uh, global or rather all India Pan India voice yeah. assistance. Uh, what was the first few things you guys did? So, uh, I think the first thing we realized to build for voice AI, you need to have a very solid platform which understands right. speech nuances of regional languages. and Correct. the you could have one of the two strategies one is you rely on third party platforms like a google or an amazon or you could go out and build your own uh, so first right. we had to validate what will be our strategy and that meant right. testing google amazon significantly and we realized it does just it just doesn't work uh, for indian context dialects accent doesn't work so then we had yeah, to build our own engine and that was the primary focus of uh, our team for the first few months right So that involved getting a lot of uh, people's voices and samples and all of that, right? Correct. Is correct. that if I'm not wrong? No, right. Definitely. And when when we say a lot, we mean a, at least a few million voice samples. Right. Uh, and yeah. that too, you have to cover all dialects and accents. So if we take example of Hindi, we have to get yeah. Hindi data from uh, you know person speaking Hindi in northeast, uh, North yeah. India, South India, West India. Uh, even in that, the different dialects. Let's say in Bihar, people speak Bhojpuri, and you know those kind of things. So Correct. we ended up creating a crowdsourcing platform. So there's actually a very yeah. interesting story around that. Uh, the first yeah. approach that we—that's what I was trying to get to. Like, <laughs> yeah. So uh, the first approach that we took was: so we used to work in a co-working space in Kormangla at that point of time, and the co-working space okay. had you know around 200 to 50 people. Uh, so one of our product okay. managers used to go to each and every cabin. Uh, to get voice samples from you know everyone, and very nice. soon we realized that that's not a scalable way uh, to do this. The second approach that we took was we ended up going to colleges uh, and paying students to give us voice data. Uh, okay. So you know very soon we realized even that is not going to work out, uh, right? And then the third approach that we took was and given the money we had, we had hardly raised what three hundred five hundred thousand dollars. Not too much money okay. uh, we could spend. No problem. The only so product manager, one of the product managers came up with an idea saying, "What if we build a crowdsourcing platform, uh, you know, where we digitally market the platform and we pay people, let's say, some PTM cash to give us voice samples?" Uh, at that point okay. of time, we realized, uh, you know. we we didn't know if this idea was a good idea or a bad idea but if the only way this has to work for us was this idea we could definitely not go to colleges and collect a million samples 
Correct. So we ended up doubling down down on that, and within the first two to three months of launch, we had all the data we needed. Even till date, we've not been able to use the data that we collected at that point oh, of right. time. All right. So you're saying your data pool is so big that you still not got full utility. Correct. I mean, using the data is so expensive because it takes GPUs and all of that. So <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty interesting. So then you finally depended on these, uh, and what was the? Did you do you have ever have this problem where? You have too many samples of the same class and not too many of the others. Is that ever yeah, going to happen? Yeah. Like you get a lot of Bangalore, Karnataka, English accents, but don't get enough. <laughs> yeah. UP. How do you how do you like go deeper into the untapped areas? Got it. So a couple of things. One is we were of course marketing the uh, app in the specific region. So if I wanted Bangalorean English accent, I would market it in Bangalore, and that would ensure I get the right samples. and the other thing we did was we actually you know one of these days so english and hindi typically data you know we we had the most data for and then one of these days we just woke up and saw that tamil has somehow crossed hindi and english and then after doing some research we realized some youtube influencer had actually put a video of her app uh, on his youtube okay. channel saying use this nice. app to make money and uh, then we ended up finding YouTube influencers in all the regional languages, and we started paying them directly oh, to put okay. the videos. So that ensured we had the right kind of data. I think one place where we ended up struggling was where we had, I think, more than eighty percent of data from males, uh, and we wanted oh, okay. the female data. So then we started incentivizing and paying more if uh, you know the user was a female, and you know we we did all bunch of experiments to solve the problem. Right, but this is mostly through the internet, no? So did did that become a challenge when you have to get tire to tire three cities? data not really the word spread fast enough it it did right and the best part was the value of money significantly increases as you go down you know if okay. if i give you yeah that makes sense 30 bucks a day you will probably you will you won't even get a vada pav in uh, kormangla or indranagar <laughs> but right. you know if you go to a rural area 30 rupees uh, you know forget 30 people used to follow up so we used to do payments at 9 pm every night the moment we you know some days uh, we couldn't do it on time people started following up where is my 10 rupees where is my 15 rupees so we had a very sweet spot uh, uh, there so now that once you have all your uh, audio data after that it comes down to building the the platform that you yeah. have right now and then how long till you got your first customers i think we got very lucky with the first customer uh, oh, yeah. which was barbecue nation we got them even before we had the speech engine in place and uh, okay. they they had uh, you know big challenges in scaling up their call center and we we were very honest with them we told them this is what we have we want to build this we have to build it for you but we don't want any pressure of you know deployment in the next two weeks three weeks we'll take our own sweet time and they were very excited and happy a very forward looking company in that sense so we started building with them uh, i think it took us 3 to 4 months to uh, do our first deployment and so there is is this just a medium to get to the restaurant or is this the complete product like do i Finish talking to Barbecue Nation, or do, do I talk to an AI long enough that it transfers me to a person? Yeah, it, both the scenarios could happen. Honestly, right. at least in the na- next decade, we don't see a scenario where bots can automate hundred percent. You know, that's far from the truth. Okay, that's very far away. That's very far away. Uh, okay. But at the same time, a lot of redundant queries can be fully automated. So what we do is we typically automate. You know, thirty, forty, fifty percent in certain use cases, and whatever we don't fully automate, we, you know, in right. some scenarios, we ask for three data points, we transfer the call to an agent, and we show him the context yeah. on the dashboard, so he knows okay. that bot has already asked three things. So let's start with the fourth um, directly. All right. What happens if at some point, like I know it might not happen as often, but if it your client is not able to get the outcome, 
from this right from using your voice service uh do you go back and fix certain issues that you get how do you keep a check of st- things that are not working sure see first of all user experience is the center of uh you know designing the whole product uh right? right so first of all even if something is not working the idea is to transfer the call to a human agent who can answer and you know who can get the okay. job done so we have built systems which are very good at telling us if we are if we don't know what is happening uh, so whenever we don't know what is happening we tell the user uh, you know let me transfer to an agent who can help you better and we do that at the same time we get triggers at our back end um, that something didn't work so we have supervised and unsupervised mechanisms and processes in place to fix these things and ensure they don't happen again right like i have a google home at home <laughs> and uh, the only like whenever my friends come over they have so much fun just asking it very silly questions that's just how we utilize technology that <laughs> like google at the joke we last jokes to it correct. things like that that's yeah. what people do that's what people do all the time that's, even when they yeah, know it's what, a bot with barbecue nation they'll start doing that right like and that happens to me also like i get angry at my swiggy bot when my food is delayed <laughs> whereas i know it's a computer at the end of the day but yeah. I, i still have to like went to somebody like mera khana kahan that i still need to so by putting ais in front of people are you actually seeing what is what is your point of view are people warming up to this idea yet so far in the country yeah of course so in fact gizat uh, we've had like people write about it on twitter and linkedin so they don't know it's powered by vernacular because it's ultimately white labeled uh, but we have had people saying oh you know what i talked to i called barbecue nation today i talked to a bot you know this is a great example of ai i didn't even know people are saying they didn't even know it's a bot until the first you know 30 40 seconds passed oh, okay that's so, that's a huge compliment that is that is uh, right we, yeah. we keep looking that's for like, those now we keep looking for uh, you know right. things how did you deal with people calling ai annoying like what is your approach to it like for example if to be honest somebody has to pick up a phone and they reach a computer that's really annoying because mm-hmm. it's like hey this is not customer service mm-hmm. this is you take delaying the yeah. process of customer service right no of course uh, i think my response to that is what is the alternate see a lot of times we can start saying that you know ai is annoying yeah. but the fact of the matter is the alternate is 70 seconds on ivr and 30 minutes on you know wait time uh, so you so we are not really comparing a, a bot to a human agent we are comparing bot to the whole experience of calling a call center uh, you know uh, which is broken yeah. uh, right now so primarily from first principles and fundamentally thinking i will any day prefer a bot rather than waiting 30 minutes yeah. and that's the angle that we take uh, is bot uh, you know 100% accurate today no it is not yeah. because technologies are not at that level but i think we need to you know give it time and uh, uh, you know over period of time things will get better we're already seeing good success uh, and it's only inevitable correct uh, you know it's it's one of those things right uh, Uh, do you use uber uh, or ola everyone uses uber ola today yeah. and people might crib about it you know the driver didn't get the right location or he cancels the cab on me but will you ever go to pre uber ola uh, life <laughs> where yeah. you know you i don't even know you know how would i travel from indranagar to uh, whitefield if there was no ola uber correct yeah uh, right so so it's broken but it's such a big peripheral shift yeah. uh, from the past experience that it's here to stay so what okay so that's so what you're trying to say is that we can see a we can see a future 5 years from now where voice ai for for customer service might be more efficient than getting in touch with humans themselves like you can see it reaching some point of that yeah you can that's say. that's even now kritaj it's more efficient even now okay uh, but i'm just calling out the annoying part i mean yeah. it, it it even if it is annoying it's still better than uh, <laughs> trying to connect to a human agent is is that's what right. i'm saying because there's no such thing as tool uh, all the computers are busy at the moment 
let us put it <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly exactly yeah, exactly right. exactly Hello guys, it's me again. Uh, now we're reaching the end of this episode, but before we do, I just want to give a shout out to Let's Venture, my partners in crime on this podcast series. Without them, this podcast wouldn't have been possible. And if you don't know what Let's Venture is, it's a platform that helps startups get funding. They help these companies in every step of the way and make sure they get what they're looking for. In April of 2020, vernacular.ai partially raised their Series A round of funding on Let's Venture. This was via the syndicate of Sense AI. Sense AI is a venture fund focused on artificial intelligence and helps AI entrepreneurs turn their ideas and technologies into successful ventures. Now the question here is was it easy to get investors interested in this idea? And I'll let Saurabh tell you the answer to that one. Yeah, so I think the first fundraise was uh, I think the easiest fundraise we've had to date. Uh and uh, we closed the round in 35 days. Uh, I remember very clearly, and we were very clueless. We didn't know how funders works or how much time it will take. And you know, people told us it'll probably take six months, so plan for that and those kind of things. But we started meeting people within thirty-five days. We had four offers, uh, and we chose to go ahead with uh, you know because we had you know sort of built a good relationship with them before that. Right. So it wasn't too hard to sell the idea at all then. Yeah, it wasn't at that point of time. What is the most fun part of doing this? of running a company called vernacular.ai I think the fun part I mean I won't say it's fun but something that keeps me going is that you know you sort of need to upskill yourself every other day uh you know every day you're facing a challenge that you've not faced before in your life uh and almost every I keep telling it to people that every quarter I feel like a very different person uh in a good way uh, okay. you know I'm I'm mentally yeah. aging a year every quarter and uh, you know I'm, i might be under 30 right Just now acquiring but, more banks of information yeah basically. information experiences uh, you know good experiences bad experiences you know uh, a lot of these things so that is very motivating and that keeps me going do you have a moment in your in your in your career as uh, running this i'm guessing because you finished college and you guys all started this together so this has been kind of like your primary focus for the last many years is there been one moment in your in this journey where you went aha this is this is the moment i know from here after that i don't want to do anything else i just want to stick to doing this making this bigger god i think there were two moments uh, in our journey one moment was when we ended up building our speech platform so we talked about collecting data uh, but uh, you know i remember one of our developers you know got an app where you could actually speak and it will show you text and we had our first speech to text model deployed in hindi and okay. it was working brilliantly you know I, i still remember me and my co-founder akshay we were testing it in uh in our uh, uh we were testing it in our boardroom and uh, right. you know we 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 spoke something and it showed up and that is when we knew that we've really you know all the hard work and everything, you know the the vision that we had it's you know finally taking shape that was one moment right. second was when we went live with barbecue nation i think the second moment was when we went live with barbecue nation okay uh, our first customer and uh, you know users actually using our product and uh, booking a table uh, you know without you know using a human agent uh, that was a very big you know moment for us where we knew that okay fine you know if this has happened with barbecue nation our technology is working here our technology can work anywhere uh, and we now need to scale up right and those moments i'm guessing are very motivating to keep going and doing the next thing right yeah yeah for sure i think small wins are very important 
you know, you sort of need to. It's not just about winning a deal, you know, but right. these things, you know, customers saying that you did a great job, or uh, you know, uh, even a developer doing a good job somewhere, or a sales guy, uh, you know, not even closing the deal but giving a great presentation. You know, these are the right. wins that we need to look out for and start celebrating as we build the company. This is what culture ultimately uh, ends up being. Yeah. Awesome. It's great. I had Thank fun. you. So much fun talking to you. Thank you so much for giving me your time. Awesome sauce. Thank you for making it to the end of this episode, guys. I appreciate it so much that you take the time to listen to these things that we take time to create. And if you liked what you heard, do send this link to your friend and do hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you use to listen to these podcasts so you get a notification when they come out. We have a new episode coming out every alternate Friday, so make sure you stick along for more such stories and fun conversations that I'm going to have. Thank you for being an audience. You have a great day ahead.